Hey kids, this is me, your dude, I Super Robots. We're back with another super exciting, super fun episode of World Famous. This time out, we're gonna open up a board, board action figure. We're gonna do this. We're gonna do that. Gonna talk about a little bit more stuff like flea markets or whatever. Grandmaster Grandpa! ケーキ。ダッチ。オッケー、アイシーロボット。レッツゲットディスパーティースタートドライト。レッツゲットディスパーティースタートドクイックリー。ディスイズワールズフェイマスウィズアイシーロボット。yeah, this is me, I said Robots, man. Let me tell you what, things have been wild over here lately. We we still have the captured clone of Gino Vega, and that, that's been crazy. Let me tell you, dude, that's just been crazy having this guy around. He's not a clone of the Gino Vega that we all now know and love, the one who lives at Sensational Manor, the one who used to have a show here and all that stuff. This is the one from back in the days when I first met him at the movie theater. It is crazy. He, like talks about like punk rock music and all these weird bands he uh it's just crazy dude he's so he's so crazy anti-authoritative and stuff we we brought the real gino vega the real actual factual one here to the studios to meet up with the old gino vega and that was that was mind-blowing I have to say, I needed also to have them in the room at the same time. I just, I had to be sure. I had to be sure that this wasn't some kind of a trick. You never know. You never know with Pooptronics, the amount of money they toss around, they might be able to turn a guy like Gino Vega to the dark side. I know not. I've never known him to be a dark side type, but when you're, when you're throwing around Pooptronics levels of cash, dude, anything is possible. But our guy, our guy is true blue. And this clone that we have here right now is, in fact, a different person. It is so weird. It was so weird to see the two of them together. Our guy, Gino Vega, you know, he's wearing his dapper clothes. He has a suit coat, nice t-shirt, some very expensive jeans, $700 jeans, $10,000 Air Jordans on. But the the clone, he's wearing, like, pants that are tattered. He has, like, a t-shirt on, like a white t-shirt, like this Green Day shirt. His hair is all weird. He's smoking a cigarette in the studio, even though I told dude... Don't smoke a cigarette in the studio. You can't stop him. He's just doing it and whatever. And it was just, I can't even explain. We're going to try to get the guy on later. As a matter of fact, our guy Ed is currently trying to get a sit-down interview on Behind the Bit with Ed with the Gino Vega clone. Will this happen? I don't know. He doesn't seem like that receptive to this sort of things. He like, he basically... He thinks we're clowns. He thinks we're clowns. He thinks anyone of our age is a clown. He can't, he just can't wrap his head around the world that we're in today and that these kind of things are just like run of the mill. Clones are becoming run of the mill. The media, run of the mill. It's all run of the mill and it's just hard to get this homeboy into the mindset of what the world is like nowadays. But we're going to try. We're going to keep trying. We're going to keep plugging away, hopefully. We'll get that interview. Hopefully, we'll get the dude behind the mic on this episode in some form. Because he's here right now. He's here. He's in the room. He's over there. I can see him. He's not paying attention at all. He's reading He's reading a Grand Royal magazine and just sitting over there. I don't know. He's about to... Don't. Don't do that. He's going to... He's about to light up. I got to go. We'll be right back. Bro, step off. I'll do what I want. You can't control me, Pops. I'm punking my soul. Up next, I see Robots is going to open up a doll on the radio. I guess you don't have to see anything for that, do you? Real great bit, kid. Computer subspace transmission to Starfleet Command from Enterprise. It's one of the Borg, a hostile robotic life form. Commander Riker returns phaser fire. 
Star Trek, the next generation action figures from Playmates. This is Miyazaki Robots here on KRJF 92.3 FM in Santa Rosa. It was it was kind of a slow week for me as far as action figures. Like I went out to Target and I looked around. I saw I saw a couple things that were kind of cool. There's like a couple a couple new Master of the Universe sets in over at the Target and things like that. We're we're getting ready to gear up for Christmas, you know. So you don't wanna you don't wanna go out there and buy yourself anything because somebody might be buying you the exact same thing. You never. You never not never know, dude. The people who love you, they pay attention to the things you say. And a lot of times they buy the things that you've said that you want. So it's better off just not buying anything. So I went out into the garage and I have, I have like a big metallic footlocker. And inside of it is all kinds of like carded figures and things I bought over the year. This isn't... This isn't anything of, like, any value. These are things I saw at the flea market or things or whatever, and I just, I don't know. I never got around to opening them in any form. So I dug into there, and I pulled out a Star Trek Next Generation Space The Final Frontier action figure from Playmates. This is a figurine of the Borg, the mechanically enhanced cybernetic humanoid. It's it's pretty cool, man. When these... When these Playmates came out, I wasn't into them. I don't know why. I watched Trek. I was into Trek. I love Trek and I love toys. But I don't know, man. When these were new on the shelf, I never, not never bought one, like, ever. I don't know why. I don't know. Now, I realized that these were, like, super collectible at the time. As I understand it, they they had this, um, they had the audience kind of trapped. Like, everybody who was into it wanted to get every single one and they were doing great and they were rolling along and they were putting out like series after series after series and they were jumping off the shelves and then they did a set that was exclusive to something i don't know what it was it might have been like a collector meeting or even like a board meeting amongst playmates executives and they went ahead and they made these figures like officially part of the collection and since and since people couldn't get them they felt the next best thing to do was to just like jump out all together hey stupid the figure is called the trifold borg it was never sold in stores and was a promotional item given away by paramount hoping to sell star trek into syndication and promote first contact the term trifold refers to the unique card the figure is mounted on there are less than 500 of them, but guess what? I had one for my TV day, and I threw it in the trash. Oh, that's awesome. But I don't think that you did that. I really don't. I think that you're just trying to, you're just trying to be difficult. But uh, let's, let's, um, let's take a second and learn a little bit more about the Borg, and then we'll come back and we'll, we'll bust this open. It'll be fun. The Borg are an alien group that appear as recurring antagonists in the Star Trek universe. The Borg are cybernetic organisms linked in a hive mind called the Collective. The Borg co-opt the technology and knowledge of other alien species to the Collective through the process of assimilation, forcibly transforming individual beings into drones by injecting nanoprobes into their bodies and surgically augmenting them with cybernetic components. The Borg's ultimate goal is achieving perfection. 
I think that's all of our goals. At least it's uh, it's mine, you know, physical perfection over at the gym. Let's let's take a quick look at this guy. On the back, you have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten other figures in this in this range. That's what you call a line of action figures. You got Picard, Counselor Troy, Lieutenant Commander Data, Lieutenant Worf, Commander William Riker, Lieutenant Commander Jordi LaForge, the Borg that we have in our hands, a Ferengi. A Romulan and Gowron the Klingon. The board comes with bionic gear. It has a plasma ray cutting arm. Then there's a little file card on the back. It says, Deadly, Relentless, Highly Sophisticated, Unpredictable, Having No Regard. This came out in 1992. Let's, uh... Let's just get into this, dude. It has a Toys R Us certificate on the side. A uh, price tag is what I meant to say. It was $5.99 at the time. We're just going to go ahead and we're going to pull this right off the card. Going to pull this tray. Put this out of the way. Let's go ahead and get all the crinkling out of the way straight up. We're going to pull that off. Going to pull that off. Going to pull this. Going to pull this. And then finally... We're going to pull the smallest, most delicate piece in the whole thing. Well, there's one more here. And then another one right here. And then we shall put this in the recycling receptacle. And then we shall take a look at what we have. And what we have is fun. The figure has a lot, a lot, a lot of nice details. There's various cords wrapping off of his forearms. There's another cord here around his... Uh, leg which is the arm we can take off let's um is it this one or is it this one let's take a look it is this one we're gonna go ahead and we're just gonna give it a good pull it's not coming off oh there it goes it came off and we're gonna give our borg friend this hand here a little difficult to get it in push got it got it in there this hand has like a little swivel like a swivel gun on the top. Very cool. And then there's also like this tube I'm assuming goes from here to here. The Borgs have various tubes hanging off of their body. I've always thought the Borg was a really good, really good rival for Star Trek. They're just uh, scary in that they are different than us, but also a little a little bit familiar. I also have to say, I don't know the origin of the Borg, like at all. I have no idea where they came from. And I watch, I watch uh, Star Trek regularly. I read Star Trek novels and I still don't know, but you know what? I don't want to know. It's kind of nice having these dudes that come out of nowhere that you know nothing about. And they're just like scary ultimate death machines. I, I can dig that. This is, this is a very, very nice action figure. I am not going to lie. The detailing of his body is awesome. There's all kinds of like lumps and protrusions all around his form. Then you have all these different places you can run these tubes to. The Borg have a lot of different tubes, feeding like different fluids around their body and stuff. But let's uh, put that one in there. Very cool. Let's try to take this arm off and put another arm back on just to see how that goes. We'll put that, put that right here. Put it back on. Very, very cool. Now he has like some sort of other device. I dig this. And then he has a stand with the Borg logo. Look, all you guys out there, you know what Star Trek Playmates are like. They have one, two, three, four, five, six mini pieces of articulation all over their bodies. The details are fine. Sometimes they are not. But this one is... Yeah, I like him. I think I do have another Borg. Yeah, I have one up there already. But this one... 
This one is different than that one. The one that I have already has a silver hand. This one does not have a silver hand. Very, very cool. I like him a lot. Shout out to my guy, Lamar the Revenger, who I haven't spoken to in a little while. We were Twitter friends. Then I fell off the tweets, and he hasn't uh, joined us over on threads yet. Lamar the Revenger, we need you on threads. It is where you belong. Let's uh, let's jump forward into At The Movies. We're going to talk about uh, Napoleon. In a moment, At The Movies, without Ebert, Siskel, or even that dude Roper. But you got Icy Robot, so that's something, right? Napoleon Bonaparte, the greatest leader in the history of the world. Napoleon, rated R, exclusively in theaters Thanksgiving. I did not, in fact, see Napoleon on Thanksgiving. I saw another movie called Next Goal Wins. It was a Taika Waititi movie. Shout out. Shout out to the dude, Teen Wundle, Taika's number one fan. That one was pretty good. It was just what was playing at the time when we went. Sometimes, you know, we'll just go down there and whatever, whatever's starting next, we'll, we'll go check it out. That's what we got. But we did see Napoleon the... The next day, I think that it was, in fact, the next day. Yeah, looking at my looking at my movie list, it was the day after Thanksgiving. Napoleon is the latest by super genius director Ridley Scott, who you might know from Alien. You might know him from, like, any number of things, dude. Gladiator. The dude is one of the best action-packed directors of all the times and all the space. And when Homeboy has taken on something that that is as big as the life of... Of Napoleon. You gotta expect big things. This is gonna be a big epic movie. And it was that. It definitely was that. But it was not on the level of like a gladiator. It was not on the level of like an alien. And I realize that is saying a lot. Those are two of like the most fun, exciting, action-packed movies out there. Those are big movies that you can kind of jump in anytime and check out at any time. And Napoleon... Napoleon did not live up to that, and I'm not saying that it was a bad movie, because that is definitely not the case. This was an epic film, but I don't feel like it is going to have that rewatchability that a, uh, a Gladiator has. But, I also have to say, when Gladiator came out, I didn't like it at the time. I was really on a kick of, like, arty-farty films. That was my vibe at the time, and then I saw Gladiator, I just didn't like it. It wasn't until many many, many moons later that the movie, like, got into my heart, got into my soul. So, I don't know. Maybe my feelings for Napoleon will change in that way. You never know. Once a movie hits, like, you know, the TV and stuff, and you start seeing it more often, things, things tend to change. But I believe this is an Apple, an Apple Plus movie. So, it may, it may never hit the TVs. We may never get that, uh, just watching it all the time kind of vibe. I don't even know if that vibe is going to be a thing going forward. Because, like, they play movies on HBO, and they play movies on TNT, and all these channels, but I I find myself not watching that as much as I, as I used to. I don't know. I'm not saying my days as a cable person are ending. Definitely can't do that, because I gotta watch my wrestling and all that stuff. But, uh, anyway, I digress. We saw this one over at Summerfield on a Friday, we saw it at night. There were quite a few people there. Sometimes at Summerfield, you can just kind of drift in as the movie starts. They don't have reserve seating or anything. You can kind of just drift in, get a seat you want. But we um we went a little bit early. 
because it was, you know, holiday weekend, it was Ridley Scott taking on Napoleon. So we went early, and, uh, well, it was good that we did, because there was quite a few people there. I'm going to say it was over over a third full, all, like, the good seats were full, you know, all the ones people like toward the middle and stuff, that was all full, just kind of, the outskirts weren't empty, but, uh, that was good, I thought that was good, honestly, that was the big movie for Thanksgiving there, as well as The Holdovers, it's still doing good, that's a good one, dude, if you haven't seen The Holdovers, go see that, I highly recommend it, good, 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 good holiday movie, but let's, um, let's dig into Napoleon, Napoleon is a spectacle-filled action epic that details the checkered rise and fall of the iconic French Emperor Napoleon Bonaparte, played by Oscar winner Joaquin Phoenix, against a stunning backdrop of large-scale filmmaking orchestrated by legendary director Ridley Scott. The movie is two hours, 38 minutes long. It is an Apple film, also in conjunction with Columbia. It's in English. It was written by Dave Scarpa. It stars Joaquin Phoenix as Napoleon and Vanessa Kirby, who I think might be playing Sue Storm in the Fantastic Four. She was Josephine. I think I think I heard the wife say that she was from The Crown. The wife, the love of my life, my lady, the air that I breathe, said that she was from The Crown. At the, at the present moment on The Tomatoes, it's 60 with the critics and 59 with the audience. Pretty close. Pretty close there. I liked it. I would definitely give it a thumbs up. The battles are epic. There are battles after battles after battles, and they are bloody, and they are gory, and they are epic. There's one that they fight on ice, and I'm only saying this because it's in the trailer. If you've seen the TV spots, if you've seen the trailer, you see them fighting on the ice. There's this giant battle on the ice, and there's cannonballs, and it's it's pretty good. What I've heard people say... They don't feel that Joaquin's performance as Napoleon is on point. They say that, according to historical records, Napoleon was like an over-the-top, super charismatic guy, and that our dude Joaquin kind of plays him sort of understated, kind of quiet, kind of reserved. And I have to say to that, who knows what Napoleon was really like, dude? Who knows who wrote those books? Who knows who wrote those accounts at the time? They may not be accurate. Are things that are written now always accurate? It's not. You don't know. You never know. There's no video. There's no audio of Napoleon. It's all just hearsay. It's all just whatever. So I can take any interpretation of the character and go, okay, maybe that's what he was like. Maybe he wasn't. I don't know. I wasn't there. Who knows if these stories are like 100% historically accurate? They were just written down by people. Who knows, man? Who knows? Who knows anything? But the movie itself... I thought it was fun. I did enjoy it. I liked how it went from battle to battle to battle with a lot of important things in between. This is like a major, major character in history. I have heard also people say that there's there's things missing, that this movie could have been longer, that there could be like more details on certain things. And for them, I have to say, I read somewhere that Apple's coming out with like a four-hour version of this movie. And I think, honestly... That might be the version to watch. I think if you fleshed it out a little bit, you added some, you kind of just made it a little richer, a little thicker, it might be a better movie. So if you've got the Apple Plus, which I recommend, Apple Plus has a lot of fun stuff on it, a lot of good shows, a lot of cool things, that might be the way to see it. But as always, things like this are good on the big screen. There are cannons roaring, there are people getting mutilated, there are people getting blown to bits and torn to shreds, and those things are best observed on a giant screen. So take that for what you will. Take that any way you like. So 
With all that said, I'm the good old-fashioned Source Magazine Mike Meter, with one being a dead and five being an all-time classic. I'm gonna go ahead and give Napoleon a good, solid three mics. Three mics. Three mics. So, like, I'm not sure what you want me to say, dude. Oh, okay. Charge you are listening to World's Famous. What even is that, though? Okay, just World's Famous. Charge you. This Week in Japanese League Baseball. This is Derek for This Week in Japanese League Baseball. This past week Steve Balboni Jr. and his special lady Black October were spotted at a Japanese League football game. The game was between Urawa Red Diamonds and the Hakido 49ers. The game was televised on television but the focus of the cameras was not on the game it was on the hottest couple in all of Japan, Balboni and Black October. The two were hardly paying attention to the gridiron as they were seen staring deeply into each other's eyes as well as whispering into each other's ears. What are they whispering about? Hard to say but if I had to hazard a guess I'd say. Love. This is Derek for This Week in Japanese League Baseball. That was This Week in Japanese League Baseball. at this week's flea market acquisition i went to the flea market and i bought a couple things na 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 the flea market has been pretty decent lately as far as like the amount of vendors that are there there are as you know two flea markets in the area there's the mojo sales out on santa rosa avenue and then there's the migley's out in Sebastopol at one time, the Mojos was far and away the biggest when they were in the Veterans Building, when they were in the Kmart parking lot. They were absolutely a flea market that was only second to the Oakland flea market in size and quality. Forget about the Vallejo flea market. Now, Vallejo flea market's pretty good. We'll probably end up going there after a while. It's always a little bit fun, but the, the Mojos at the Kmart, the Mojos at the Vets was a pretty good flea market. I hear, I hear a rumor that there may be a flea market starting up again next year at the Veterans Building. Again, this is only flea market scuttlebutt. This is only whatever. Take it for what you will. But that would be fun. The Vets Building is the best location around here for a flea market. As far as in Santa Rosa, the Migley setup in Sebastopol is fantastic. But we've been going to Migley's every week. Honestly, we've been skipping the Mojos. It's kind of small. You got to drive all the way over there. Not feeling it that much, which is sad. It's sad to see things kind of kind of go to the wayside but you never know dude the flea market game is up and it's down things change and they rebound you never know you never know but we went went to the migley's did a good walk around there's a guy there who has been bringing out some pretty good toys he's the dude that i bought that Rakondo from a few weeks ago he has all kinds of fun stuff he has a bunch of carded mr t doll clothes he has these he wants like 30 bucks each for him and it's kind of kind of a little uh out of my range for something i don't even have a mr t doll if i did maybe i'd be willing to get him a fireman outfit maybe i'd be willing to get him a boxing suit i don't know but i don't have one so i'm not into that he has those he has a whole bunch of homies like the the quarter machine homies those are cool i don't know if you guys are into those when they were in the quarter machines i did think the homies 
were pretty cool. Little micro figures of dudes. They had all kinds of different ones. Guys with like barbecue grills. Guys with like hats. Guys with whatever. It's good. Good little toy line. I don't think that they put them into quarter machines anymore. But if they did, if they came out with a new series of homies, I would definitely get some. I would consider that quarter machine guys. But um, dude at the flea has a grip of homies. He has a ton of homies. He has those Mr. T clothes. And this week, he brought out something that I thought was especially cool. He brought out a whole bin full of GoBots. I myself, I personally prefer GoBots to Transformers. This goes back to back in the day when I was responsible for buying my toys over at the Toys R Us, buying my toys over at the Ben Franklin's in Rinkin Valley. I would prefer the factor, the main factor that led me to like GoBots more than Transformers was price. I could only afford like carded toys, like maybe like a single Joe, maybe like a single uh, robot toy or whatever. And when it came down to carded figures with your Transformers, you had like your Bumblebee, which is cool, and a couple others and stuff. But these guys, while Bumblebee is a big character, don't get me wrong. What I liked about the GoBots was you could buy Leader One or Psykill, who was the good guy leader, the one who was the jet, Psykill, who was the bad guy leader, the one who's the motorcycle, just on the card. They were like $3, just like a Joe. And I like that. I like that I could get the main dudes. I was never able to get like an Optimus Prime. That's like a big, that's a big purchase. You know, that's a big purchase at the time. Never able to get like an Optimus Prime or like a Starscream or a Megatron or any of the main ones because my main toy money was locked up in G.I. Joes and G.I. Joe vehicles. That's just how it was. I didn't have time or the money to go out there and invest in an Optimus Prime. But I could every once in a while get a GoBot. GoBots were just like Joes. They were cheap and they were kind of cool. Another thing that I liked about GoBots over Transformers is that it's very simple to transform a GoBot. There have been a few times when I've bought like cool Transformers at the flea market and without the instructions, I can never, not never, turn these guys into robots. Like, never. They always wind up in, like, a ball of whatever. But, like, a GoBot, a GoBot is just, like, they're easy. You just kind of flip them around a little bit, and there you go. You got a robot. So, I was looking through dude's bin of GoBots, and he had a bunch of them that I thought were cool. He did. I was reminded of, like, three or four GoBots that I had as a kid and didn't remember. But what dude had in the bin that I was really drawn to was Leader One. Leader One was like an F-16 jet or whatever, you know, like a start, like a Sky Striker kind of jet. And he was the leader of the GoBots. He was the one who was like the main character on Challenge of the GoBots, which was not a very good cartoon. It paled in comparison to the Transformer cartoon, but I did watch it from time to time. He was the leader of the good guys, and I wanted him. I wanted him back in the day. More so, I wanted Psykill, the one who was like the evil robot leader. That was one I did want, but for whatever reason, I really coveted, I really coveted this day, the leader one. And I looked, and I looked, and I thought about it, and I thought about it, and I didn't even really want to ask, because he had prices on some of them. The prices were higher than I wanted to pay, but I did a lap around the flea market. I did a whole lap around, and I still had money left. So I'm like, well, why don't I go back over to the GoBots? and take a look. So I looked, I looked, I looked, and then finally I'm just like, how much for this one? I pulled out the Leader 1. Before I got there, I looked up a Leader 1 on the online, and these range anywhere from like 45 bucks to like 90 bucks. I'm not kidding. So I 
expected something like that. But he threw out he threw out twenty bucks. And one thing about the flea market, unless it's an amazing bargain, you can't take the first price. So I said, "How about fifteen bucks?" And he said, "Okie dokie." So. I am now the proud owner of a Leader One, which is very nice to me. He fulfills like half of my GoBot desires. Now all I got to do is find a Psykill. Psykill is even harder to find. I'm not kidding. This dude is hard to find because he had wheels, like a front wheel and a back wheel because he's a motorcycle, but the wheels weren't attached. They came off. I think that he used them like weaponry, and over time... All these wheels have been lost. If you find a Psykill with both wheels, keep it, dude. That's like a $100 action figure. But the homeboy who was selling these said, Next week, I'm going to bring out some more GoBot. So who knows? Maybe he'll have a Psykill in there, and maybe soon I will be the proud owner of a Psykill. We're going to take a quick GoBot break, and then we're going to come back and talk about GoBots a little bit mizor. You're listening to I See Robots Radio on 92.3 KRJF in Santa Rosa, simulcasting on KUTF 88.1 FM in Bodega Bay. We will be right back after this. You can imagine they're from another world. Mighty robots disguised as mighty vehicles. You can pretend only you and the friendly GoBots can save the Earth from the enemy GoBots. You're trapped, Turbo. You. They hide among us as earthly vehicles, but you can change them into robots, each sold separately. Take this, Psycho! Now we'll try <laughs> Go-Bots. Leader One, Turbo, and Psycho, each sold separately. New from Tonka. All right, this is me, Icy Robots, and we are back on the show. I have my Leader One right here on my hand, in my hand, rather. I guess he's on my hand as well. He is... He is sitting there. He is, in fact, an F-15 jet. I I just think this is a delightful action figure, dude. Very, very cool. Let's uh, go ahead and transform him really quick. The first thing you do is you flip down the cockpit like this. Then you pull him down like this. This exposes the rest of his body. Theater of the mind. Just imagine that you're here and that you're looking at it. Then you can pull his arms out like this. And he, um, he makes a pretty functional robot, to be honest. And then his, uh... The little deals at the end of the of the plane turn so that he can stand up. Now he is he is leader one. He is the leader of the GoBots of the good guy GoBots. I think they're actually just called good guys. I don't know like a ton about GoBots lore, like the storylines and things, but I do know that much like Transformers, the uh, the GoBots were a Japanese toy line. What were they called at the time? They were called Machine Robo, and then they were bought up by Tonka, brought to the United States, repackaged as GoBots, and then eventually Hasbro went ahead and purchased Tonka. That led to them having the rights to the GoBots, and as far as I know... The GoBots are now part of the Transformer universe, but not like, they're not in the Transformer reality. They're like an alternate universe kind of thing. Like, they're in the GoBots dimension. I think that's cool. I I would would like like to to see see. what just happened right there, but I would like to see some, like, re-releases of GoBots, you know, a little bit, like, more along the lines of, like, a deluxe kind of action figure. Not even necessarily, like, one that transforms. I would like to have, like, a leader one like action figure like a really really cool robot version of a uh, leader one I don't know I think that would be fun but let's uh 
Let's take a quick second. We're going to learn a little bit about our dude leader one. We'll be right back again. Sorry. There's a lot, a lot of information to be shared this week. Leader One was released by Tonka in the first series of GoBots and converts from robot to McDonnell Douglas F-15 Eagle Jet Fighter in six steps. The toy was a repackaging of Eagle Robo from Machine Robo, with no significant changes beyond the omission of the additional sticker sheet included with the Japanese version. The head of the figure takes design cues from a pilot's visor and oxygen mask instead of realistic undercarriage like most other Machine Robo GoBots Jet's Leader One has four small caster wheels under his fuselage. The figure's grey plastic shows stress easily and the rear wings often break free. Decent shoulder articulation though. That is true. His shoulders do kind of move up and they move side to side as well as uh, up and down like in a, in a standard way. Like they go up like you're lifting your elbows up to the air and then they also go like up like you're raising your hands up over your head. I definitely do see what she was talking about here with the uh, goggles in the face. This is a nice figure, dude. Don't sleep on GoBots. I'm not kidding at all. GoBots are very, very cool. They have they have this bad rep, you know. They're um GoBots are kind of considered like the Lenard core of the G.I. Joe world. Like the G.I. Joe's are the dope one. The core is for dopes. When in fact, the core is dope in its own way. And in fact, GoBots are dope in their own way. Let's hope that that homeboy next week does, in fact, bring a side kill. If he does, I'll grab it. I'll get it. I'll get it for us, and I'll come home and tell you uh, all about it. I also, let's, um, I'm reaching away, and I apologize. I do that. It's very, very unprofessional of me, but I do it nonetheless, because that's just, uh, once you get these tricks into your head, I guess there's a saying for it. You can't teach an old dog new tricks, and I'm becoming quite an old dog. I got an issue of Wizard Magazine. I love Wizard Magazine. This is issue number 39. The uh, cover has Spawn on it. Top 10 Slugfest. Crossover battles you'll never see. They have they have some speculative fiction here based around fighting. Let's um Let's skip ahead and take a look. This is issue 39. Did I say that? It's one that I don't have. I'm trying to get a whole collection of Wizard magazines. I want to get the entire set, but I want to do it all out there in the wild. I want to find them all at the flea market. I'll count comic shows, too. I want to find them out there myself, and I want to get any on the online. I might end up, if I get really close, I might have to get, like, issue number one on the online. If that's what happens, one or two, you know, I'll do it. But I don't want to. I want to find them out there on my own. Let's take a look here. The first battle is Hulk, the big green Hulk that you all know and love, versus Pitt. I'm not familiar with Pitt. I think he's one of those image characters from back in the day with, like, McFarlane and all those guys when they split off on their own. In this battle, the Hulk wins, obviously. The big green Hulk is almost undefeatable. And then you have Darkseid versus Thanos. Thanos is kind of a knockoff of Darkseid, let's be honest. But in this one, let's see, Darkseid wins. Then you have Lobo versus Wolverine. Lobo was a big character at the time. I'm not even kidding, man. I had a Lobo shirt and everything. This was uh, November of no... This was November of 1994. Lobo was such a big character. I had a Lobo shirt, like I just said. Wolverine has always been a big character 
In this one, they pick Lobo to win. I guess maybe at that time, but he sure didn't win the longevity battle. And then up next, they have Thor versus Superman. And in this, they have Thor winning. I guess I could see that, but I also think I also think Superman is almost undefeated. And then you have Green Lantern versus Silver Surfer. They have the Silver Surfer winning that one. Doctor Doom versus Lex Luthor has Doctor Doom winning, of course. Doctor Doom is the best. Then Sergeant Rock versus Sergeant Fury. Sergeant Rock, of course. Swamp Thing versus Man Thing. They have, uh, I'm going to say Swamp Thing would be the winner in this. Green Arrow versus Hawkeye. The winner is Hawkeye. The reason why is because he was trained by Captain America. You know, Iron Man versus Exo Man of War. And this one, Exo Man of War, of course. That's uh, that's how they roll. You got to throw in some upsets in there, and then you can kind of flip around in the magazine. There's some cool articles, some fun stuff, uh, how to draw different things. They have a thing about cards. I always love to look about cards. I want to get to the top ten comics. That was one of one of my favorite parts of the whole entire magazine was the top ten comics. I want to see how these comics hold up today. I want to see if now. If you would have invested back then, would you be ahead or would you be behind? I'm thinking probably behind. They probably have you buying lots of uh, lots of new comics. Let's take a look. First, let's take a look at the top ten heroes and villains. Number one, Spawn. That was very indicative of the time. Number two, Spider-Man. Our dude Spidey's always near the top. Number three, Batman. Batman's always the top five. Four, The Pit. I don't even know who that is, man. I didn't read any of these kind of imagey comics. If you're a big, big fan of The Pit, shout out to you. Number five, Gambit. Man, Gambit was a big one. I remember Ripclaw. Don't even know who that is. Number six, Lady Death. She was a big character, man. The number seven, Ripclaw. Don't know who that is. Number eight, Shy. Don't know who that is. Number nine, Superman. Ten, Vampirella. And the Mort of the Month. That's the dude they call, like, the lamest character. They just, like, pick some random cool character and pick on him. Is Stripesy. I remember Stripesy. It was the star-spangled kid and his manservant, Stripesy. Stripesy's not, not lame, dude. Don't even, don't even front. Let's, um... Let's find these comics, though. Let's, uh, running out of time in this episode. It's going long, and I apologize. Who would have thought talking about these two things would take so long? Okay, top ten comics. Number one, Gen 13, number one. I don't know what that one's worth nowadays. Let's, uh, let's just go really quick onto the online marketplace known as eBay, and we'll see what Gen 13, number one. We're doing this on the fly right now, my guys. Gen 13, number one. You could pick one up. I want an ungraded one for uh, $10. So I don't know if that would have been a big investment for you. But let's take a look. Number two, Lady Death, number one. Number three, Shy, number one. Gen 13, number five. Gen 13, number two. Gen 13 was hot, boy. Number seven, Spider-Man, number 149. This is the first appearance of the Spider-Clone. Spider-Clone's making a comeback. I bet this book is in fact holding value. I think that he was in that movie. Ben Riley was in that, right? The cartoon. I want this. This is what I want. And now it is, that's a $40, $50. Here's one for, yeah, that would have been a good investment at the time. Death Blow, number one. Gen 13, number three. And Kindred, number 10. I can't imagine any of those books holding any value. If I'm wrong, though, if I'm wrong, hit me up. If you have those books and they're turning out to be, like, super valuable, I would like to know that. I'm very curious. I think that the idea of comic book value is very interesting. So hit me up 
We're going to move forward into something else. We are running out of time. Let's go. You are listening to I See Robots Radio on KRJF 92.3 FM in Santa Rosa. Simulcasting on KWTF 88.1 in lovely Bodega Bay. This is the day that everything changes for you. It will change for the better. I do think that's true, man. Today is the day that everything is going to change for you, and it's going to change for the better. Even if it's great, even if it's awesome, even if it's fantastic, it is now going to get a little bit better. You know how I know this is true? You're listening to this right now. You're with us. You're having a good time. You're sitting down. You're listening to some Icy Robots Radio, and you're just like, you're vibing, dude. You're vibing to the vibe. Let's see. We're getting ready to wind it up. It's almost, it's almost go time. I'm trying to think if there's anything else on the agenda before I get to the big finale. We got a big finale winding up the show today. It's going to be great. I, I've been trying to think of ways to get the Geno clone involved in what's going on here on the radio. And I'm thinking like, this dude here, he has a lot to offer. He has a lot to offer the world. I see the man that he grew to. I see the dude that we all know and love, Gino Vega out there in Napa, sending you highest regards. And I know that we can get this dude here today, this grumpy guy, this outsider, this cigarette-smoking hooligan. I know that we can take him and we can mold him into something fantastic. We just we just have to get him involved. So me, the dudes, when I say the dudes, I'm talking about Ed, I'm talking about Derek, I'm talking about Tomek. We all got together and we decided to do a song by our favorite hardcore punk band of all time. A band that you guys all know as Sugar Ray. The greatest hardcore punks of all the time and space. We've been practicing this for a week now. Over on the stage, they're all set up. We got Ed on guitar. Tomek's back there on the drums. We got Derek on the bass. This is going to be a hoot and a half. Gino Vega, if you feel the flavor... Jump on in, going over to the stage. Let's take it away. Everyone's all set. I'm on the vocals. I just want to fly a sugar ray. All around the world, statues crumble for me. Who knows how long? Everywhere I go, people stop and they see. 25 years old. My mother, God rest his soul. Lord have mercy. I just wanna fly. What, what you want? Put your arms around me, baby. Put your arms around me, baby. I just wanna fly. What you want? What you want? Put your arms around me, baby. Put your arms around me, baby. Grab your love and fly. Oh me, oh my. Grab your love and fly. Oh me, oh my. Grab your love and fly. Oh me, oh my. Come on, Gino, you got to admit that song is pretty good, dude. We're out here rocking it hardcore punk style. Why don't you come out here and tell us what you think? Listen, dude, I was going to diss you right to your face, but that song was actually pretty fly. What did you say the name of this band was? Uh, Sugar Ray? I've actually never heard of them before. I'm going to call Maury and go over the Backdoor Records in Kotati and look for their tape. Is it new? These guys sound totally indie. I wonder if they are on Sub Pop. Katati, why don't you just go to a last record store over uh, by the JC? Bro, I never go there. I got beef with that fool Hoyt. I don't want to talk about it. Look, dude, I gotta go. Maury is here in the whip. Audi 5000 Grandpa. Huh. I don't know. I think that, uh, I think that went surprisingly well. He did say that the song was fly, but 
I don't know if he knows that Backdoor Records went out of business like like years ago. I think that I remember the chain was bought out by Musicland and that at the time they also made an offer to the last record store, but the last record store held tight. They're still in business today, but man, Backdoor Records was pretty cool. I used to go to Katati to hit up there, and then there was like there was a comic store that was nearby and we would do both, and sadly, neither one is here right now, and that really does bum me out, but it makes me happy that we're making some kind of inroads with the uh, Geno clone. I hope that he is safe out there in the world, because the clones are pretty fragile, and we've we've been keeping him here at the station, you know, just in case, because if he bumps into somebody or whatever, he could, he could pop like a balloon, and I don't want anybody to get covered in that green goo that happened when Ensign Melissa exploded, man. It's not, it's not a nice scene when it uh, takes place, but I guess... I guess he'll be careful. Also, who is he calling? Who did he call on the phone to come pick him up? I have no idea. I don't. I don't even think that his pal Maury lives in Santa Rosa anymore. But I might. I might be totally wrong because I haven't seen this homeboy Maury back since the the days of UA6. He was a member of the beloved Broomtang Clan back at UA6, fighting the evil of Marsha and Marianne, who I'm actually friends with nowadays. So it's weird to think about that. How how these things come and they turn around. But we're going to go. We're going to head up out of here. This has been a really fun episode. I think we had a lot, a lot, a lot of fun. What you can do if you're listening to this on KRJF 92.3 FM in Santa Rosa, hop on over to IC Robots. That I-S-E-E Robots is if I'm looking off into space and I see some robots flying my way, like the Cylons in Battlestar Galactica. There's a lot of fun stuff there, a lot of cool shows, the back catalog, everything. You can follow me on threads at icrobots, spelled the same way, facebook.com backslash icrobots, icrobots on Instagram. I'm everywhere. Just type icrobots into your Google deal and it'll take you right to where you want to go. But make sure it's IC as if I am looking at robots. We're going to get up out of here until we meet again. If you don't like what's going on in the news, go out there and make all right, um, man, bring an organ. And you know I got to have that. Some people, some people, some people, some people, some people listen for history. Some people listen because they want a mystery. Some people listen, then say we're whack. But if they miss the show, they get the heart attack. Now look at you, you're sitting there, biting your lip. The whole world sees you as a hypocrite. Live out the first law and make yourself preservation. If the show doesn't help you, Slick blow. That's right. I see robots. Radio is a listener-supported endeavor. If you like what we do here and you look forward to new programming, consider helping us to bring fun stuff every week by heading over to supportthereport.com and tossing a few pounds into the hat. It's important to support things that you enjoy. Thanks and have a great week. Supportthereport.com. Everybody love everybody. Right there up on the wall. Do, do, doodly, do, 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 do,
Dude. Trash. Busters. Hello, this is Derek for the Trash Busters of Santa Rosa Alliance Against Litter. This past week I have seen you guys out there picking up trash and that is awesome. It really is keep up the good work, but there is something alarming to me that I see on the reg. What is it? Balloons. Latex and Mylar balloons are an environmental menace. This past week I was out kayaking in the Russian river when I saw a trout with a piece of a pink balloon tied around his rear fin. The homie was going to die. Luckily I had a net and was able to save him. I looked at the balloon and it said, Happy birthday Ben, happy birthday but your special balloons almost killed a nice looking trout. Be more responsible and never, not ever, buy balloons. They are potentially very destructive and are kind of a silly thing to spend your hard earned money on. This is Derek for KRJF 92.3 and Santa Rosa and the Trash Busters Alliance against balloons and litter of all types. Be a trash buster today I believe in you.